the scene fades in from black on Harbeck sitting at... No. The scene fades in from black. The camera is on Harbeck, who's face down in a pile of snow. Harbeck, you lift your head up. You blink your eyes to flick the snow out of them. The cold, the cold, compacted snow chills the side of your face. You don't remember how long you've been lying on the ground. You're extremely out of breath. Your legs burn from running. And your face is starting to hurt from the early stages of frostbite. Snow-covered mountains surround your view. The sky is an oppressive bluish black, whipping snowflakes into your face like tiny needles. Underneath the cloud cover, you watch as green and pink streams of light dance in an asynchronous wave. It's almost hypnotizing watching the frost lights move this way. Keep going. You go to stand up and feel in your hand a sheet of paper. I I, uh, I bring it up to my face to read it. It just says run. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but but you, just, you just start sprinting, <laughs> tearing up snow behind you. Uh, and you can hear the... The hoops and chittering uh, cackling of uh, something behind you, of crustacean-like claws and the clack of carapace grinding through the snow after you. Master creatures. Behind you, ten crab creatures are clambering up a ledge. You can see their big crustacean claws digging into the deep powder, finding something solid and pulling themselves up. Looking in front of you, the mountain gives way to a small valley, and at its bottom is a little cabin, smoke puffing out of the chimney, and warm yellow lights flicker out through its windows. So I give a little hop, tuck my head to the side, and start rolling down the hill. <laughs> what does that sound like? <laughs> it's like a, it's, it's the shot is from like far away, so you can see the full sky, and you just hear. Ah. <laughs> It's just growing in size because it's collecting snow. Aw, a little hardback snowball. You eventually roll to the bottom and you see the the cabin is lying right in front of you. I I, I, uh, get to the door and try to open it. The door is unlocked. I go in. You go in. in, Slam it shut. You slam it shut. Inside, you turn your head and you see a dark-skinned man with tall, curly hair. He wears commoner's clothing and is barefoot despite the location of the cabin and how cold the air feels. The cabin itself is bare except for a simple bed tucked in a corner and a coat rack with a long black coat hanging from it. The man sits in a rocking chair and sips tea. Uh, we, um, there are things coming. He just nods his head at you and smiles. We, uh, do you have um, any weapons here? He shakes his head no. Uh, uh, we need we need to go. We're not safe. He uh he sm- smiles broadly at you again and uh motions uh points with his finger at one of the windows. Uh I look out the window. You can see that the uh crab preachers are frozen in uh time. They're like halfway up the mountain and their features are completely unmoving. Uh, uh, who are you? I am a visitor to your world. I am a visitor to their world as well. 
I am a resident of no lands, but a guest within all of them. For now, my name will not be known to you for reasons I can't explain yet. But you must trust me. Oh, all right. I, um, is there a place I can sit? Yeah, there's a small, uh, there's a small, uh, chair next to, next to the man. So I, uh, I approach slowly, um, and I, I, uh, I stomp a bit to get some of the snow off me, and then I, I, I take the seat uh, next to him, and I just um, I look back out the window and back at the man. Um, did did you do that? He nodded. He nods his head. Yes. What what are you doing here? Way out here. I am but a construct of the visitor. I am not him. Merely a sample of him placed inside your mind to deliver a message and to answer any questions I can. You may call me Ballarat. Ballarat. Well, well then, if... Is... You're a construct, then is is all of this a, a construct? Am I... Am I dreaming? We are in the eternal ocean. We are between your world and another uncountable worlds, floating in unreality. I have constructed what you see to ensure that your mind is not destroyed by looking into the void with human eyes. The space where angels, demons, and immortal beings call home. Those creatures that were chasing you? They are the result of what is happening in your world. They are why I have come to speak to you this night. Well, you could have dropped me a little closer. <laughs> he, he laughs. <laughs> Balarat, what is it you have to tell me? Is there something important I should know? You have purity of spirit, Harbeck. You will decide to see this to the end. I have walked many worlds and visited many places. In these travels, I've met countless beings of innumerable quantity and quality. For that reason, I can trust you. I hope. I, I believe you can. Father, I do. My mission. I'm unsure of how this will turn out. I've been given visions from the demon that plagues us, and I I fear for the lives of my friends. What must I do to change fate? He wants what any of the devil. What, what were you saying? Yourself and your friends have already begun the process to undo what Toyd has started. He knows of you now. He knows that your band represent a threat to his moves on the capital. But he has not yet reached his full potential. I know not what his next move is, only that you have time yet to gather your forces. Have you seen what happens 
I know nothing of these visions. For while my knowledge is great, I can only see glimpses into the minds of those in your realm. Likely they are meant to deceive. But I must caution you, Harbeck. This demon is powerful. For he holds dominion over not only lies, but truths as well. He is the master of secrets, forbidden knowledge, hidden truths, and powerful falsehoods. Listen to what these visions are saying. Watch what they show you. In time, answers may make an appearance there. I, um... I use a little bit of my... Um, I use my cantrip to just hold a small fire in my hands and warm myself. Um... Balarad, am I going to die? Harbeck Thunderfist, I know not the answer to this question. This construct before you only has but limited information. I'm sorry, but try something else. All right. What should I ask? <laughs> um, uh, Balarat, will you be um, <clears throat> popping in again? Is this the last time I'll see you? He shakes his head no. All right. Oh, yeah. Uh, you, you mentioned a visitor. How would I recognize them? Where are they? What are they? He uh, motions to himself. Right. Like like you? Or... Oh, okay. Shakes his head yes. Uh, Balarad, have you met my god? He smiles. Does she love me? Fair enough. We need to make time quickly, Balarad. How can I get there fast? Is there anyone coming for us I should know about? I mean, in the immediate future. Varentoid has become an instrument to the God of Secrets and his Prince of Lies. In Toid's quest for salvation, he himself has damned your world to become a fallen shore within the Eternal Ocean. Unfortunately for him, his masters do not know that while demons may walk, the resolve of those that he fights is absolute. Your realm's inhabitants are strong. Your cause is not yet lost. You're goddamn right. All right, Balarat, I need to be getting home. Is there anything else you need to tell me? Half 
half-priced wings at Jethro's on Thursdays. Hot jiggity dog. You must act cautiously, Harbeck. He and his master have gained significant strength in your world now. Prior to this, they would have required dedicated agents and totems to influence your sphere. But now I am afraid they are able to influence objects and people directly, regardless of an individual's exposure to the demon's corrupting magics. They seek to take your realm into the bottom of the eternal ocean's depths. It is a being, not of flesh and skin, but of an idea, concept, and emotion. The master of the Begulia has had many names over time. Names that I use now with the utmost caution and preparation. His true name is yet unknown to me. For to know a demon's true name is to have ultimate power over it. I... He stands up from his chair and goes over to a small table and picks up a shaker of, it looks like a shaker of salt, and he unscrews the lid and comes over to you, Harbeck, and motions for you to stand up. I stand up. He gets to be about uh, arm arm's length away from you, has you stand perfectly still, and then creates a uh, white circle. It pours the whatever the stuff out of it is and makes a circle around you. A barrier. Here we go. That's bad luck, I think. You may know him by his other names. Prince of a thousand faces, for his face is different to all of those who see him. The Forge of Hells, for it was he who created the torment of chains within the ocean's depths. The Whisperer in the darkness, for it was he who causes doubt at the darkest hour. The God of the Last Hunt, for he is the final old one to awaken when time was still unknown. And the 77th Mask, for it is known that it is he who orchestrates the final dance. The God of Secrets, Lies, and Betrayal. <clears throat> and, um, what's the, uh, salt have to do with it? He just smiles at you and then points to his ears. Can you hear me? And shakes his head yes. Uh. And then he points out to the crabs. Oh, I look out at the crabs. They're slowly beginning to... Uh, where they were once frozen, they are now just beginning to move in a little bit of slow motion. Well, wait, wait, wait. Can you um? Can you mess with them a little bit more? He shakes his head no. Uh, I really wanted to see a crab pyramid. <laughs> All right. Am I going to have to fight them or am I out of here? Now, Harbeck, I have kept his devils from finding us until now. I have one last piece of advice to lend you before we part ways. Watch out for Anella. For the Pagulia and his master have taken an interest in her. To what ends I don't know, but I can see in the ocean that her ripples have attracted the attention of things mortals should fear. 
You must leave now. I will speak to you again, but now you must go. Run! Get out of here now. Run for the cliff and jump! Ah, shit. The cabin just disappears, and everything just goes back. to You're now standing in a like snowy white valley, and the crab preachers immediately go into fast motion and are tumbling down the hill. They're probably 45 feet away from you. I start running for the cliff. So you uh, continuing running like the opposite of where the crab preachers are, and you can see there's a cliff face. Um, I hope he's right, and I jump. You wake up with a start. <laughs> oh my god, I just want to sleep one night. <laughs> uh, you're, it's early, early morning. Like The sun is just barely peeking over the horizon. The sky is pink, and you can see the uh, party is sleeping uh, comfortably in their bedrolls uh, in their spots. I look at or- Ornella. She's resting comfortably. I hope I'm right. Uh, I get up and I start tending to the animals. So the rest of you begin to wake up. It's early morning. <clears throat> so we, uh, we've we intentionally been... Uh, it's about as sparse as we can get for our camp, so it's mm-hmm. a real quick move. Mm-hmm. So, like, you know, just everybody's kind of used to the routine at this point, so we start gathering our stuff. Almost very little direction for anything. Even Davery's got his niche, and we're just on the road. So you begin getting... off the road. Yeah. You know what I mean. Yep. Off the road again. So you got about three days left of traveling through the Midlands before you'll make it to the Queen's Garden. And uh, what what do you guys do during the montage of the next three days? So um, a, a type of practice you can do for traditional archery is they you do walk and shoot. You go and it doesn't matter whatever you're doing. You take a look at a, a spot in nature and you shoot at it. It's like instead of getting used to practicing on targets, you're just shooting at things you see. Sometimes if there's an like a, of a, of a pheasant flies or whatever, mm-hmm. have him. I just want Davery shooting and practicing and running out to retrieve his arrows and stuff and just getting used to it. So I kind of gave him that kind of thing. I've kind of take. I've, I'm actually enjoying this. You know, mm-hmm. kind of it reminds me of home a bit maybe with uh, someone mm-hmm. um and um but while that's happening the real focus is on i'm constantly scanning the horizon and our surroundings for any signs of people uh, you know when we leave camp i'm i'm actually going to do in a circle around the camp to see if anybody came up and watched us at night mm-hmm. just I'm on high alert. And I also, and just for the record, I also presume that you're setting up watches during the night. Yeah. yeah. I don't need to, uh, like, sure. waste time with that every night. But right. uh, roll perception at advantage for me, Orzok. I rolled a 20. Nice. Critical. Nice. You, uh, you get up. Maybe it's the second. You have... A uh, day and a half left of travel before you're going to hit the Queen's Garden. And you've noticed over the last few times that you've done this that far far in the distance is a pair of riders that keep about the same amount of distance every time you notice them it's about a half mile to a mile off from you but they are uh definitely following you and uh you're not sure who they are but you do notice two riders that are tracking you okay 
I'm sorry, we're not quite yet to the Queen's Garden, or we're not quite yet to the Orcs territory? You're not quite yet to the Queen's Garden. Okay, cool. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so, as we're riding, and I can tell from the distance that they are, that they're really keeping pace with us by the tracks we're leaving. They're probably able to see us the same way we are. They're probably riding abreast. We're riding in a line. So, without kind of changing the way we're formatted, I kind of... Like I stand up literally on the back of the horse and walk off the back of it and I walk and the horse just kind of keeps going Mm -hmm. and I kind of stay really close. So I'm not changing the profile of our group and I walk up to you and I'm walking next to your horse very close to it. And I say, we have two riders, probably what, what, three or four hours or maybe a couple hours out. They're Mm -hmm. seeing us in the distance. We have two people following us. They've been following us the last two days. My guess is they've come from that one out camp we saw. Uh, I want to lay a trap for them, but it means I may have to do something alone or I may need to take Ornella with me. Take her with you then. We need to keep riding um, and we're going to construct <clears throat> false riders on the horses. Okay. What do um, you need from me? Um, they've been watching Davery run back and forth, retrieving his arrows. He needs to collect some sticks and some grass. Um, we're going to c- create a couple of false riders. We've I've done this before. We need to create false riders. They're going to see the group going. We're going to wait, and uh, Ornella and I are going to ambush them. All right, I'll tell them. So and I and I step back to you, and I say the uh, same thing. Um, we will be in a fight to the death, and I know you're capable of it. I look forward to us uh, ensuring the safety of the rest of our journey. Of course. Davery speaks up. Oh, what should I do? Find this, and I give him a list of things to do. Help! You're going to help us create a, a fake Ornella and a fake Orzok. Yes, sir. He like nods his head vigorously, excited but to be given a task. Continue to look like you're shooting. We need to act like we don't know that they're here. I will continue <clears throat> to look like I'm shooting. Good. He winks at you. I'm so proud of this boy. I'm so proud of my, my boy! My child! No. Yeah, okay. <clears throat> so the, the ultimate plan here is once we are satisfied that we at least have something sitting on the back of these things, you and I are in a place where we can, like, when we're dipped over a hill and I can't see them for a little bit of time, we're going to split up and we're going to find a spot and we're going to ambush him. Okay. So... You cool with that? Yeah. Oh, for sure. So, blah, that happens. Right, blah. Uh, we get to, let's see, who do, who do we watch? So, eventually, Davery, like, gathers enough sticks and materials, I'm assuming, just to make dummies on the back of these horses. So, it's late in uh, mid to late afternoon on this same and, day. You know, it doesn't have to be perfect. It's just I mean, make it look like there's not two people that skittered off. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It would be difficult for anyone not close to right. see. That's the idea. So we uh, let's let's do this from the perspective of the riders. So these two men are in these black uh, tabards, uh, carrying long swords and shields. They have um, what are they called? They have just a skull cap with chain. Uh, coming down the side, covering their neck. Uh, so not heavily armored men, but certainly not just peasant uh, armed armed peasants. And they're walking along, 
you can see one of them is occasionally like peering up to make sure that he's keeping an eye on the group that's walking. Uh, what does this look like when the trap is sprung? So before that happens, as we're finding a good ambush point, someplace where um, a, a flank of theirs is not easy to get away from and wonder, you know, we're going to go, we're going to try to find a spot where they can either go forward or go backward. We're not going to be able to block that unless we're lucky enough, but mm -hmm. we're not going to, we're going to make it so they can't split up. Right. So maybe there's like these thick prairie brambles right. and stuff. Something like that. And when we do this, the first thing you need to do is attack the horse's legs. They can't get away. You got to force them on foot. So you're going to use that axe. You're going to cleave legs. I, I'm sorry. It is diff It is sad to have to kill the animal. Don't we, tell Harbeck. I won't. I know he wouldn't forgive us, but we need to do this. We're going to take out the legs of the animals first. When they're dismounting, if we are able to get attacks in, we're going to kill them while they're trying to recover quick and fast and if they have any mechanisms of I, I don't know how Harbeck did it but when he squeezed that thing all these those preachers came from everywhere we need to make sure they don't have any other method, method of contacting whatever this is from a distance but brutal fast deadly what do we do with the bodies if we can hide them I say we strip them and leave them bare for the for the wolves and for the vultures that's what they deserve <laughs> indeed so that's it. That's our cut over to the yep. ambush. Yep, you got it. So they're walking along, and they eventually they come to this uh, these two hills that are covered in brambles. So they have to bring the horses a little bit together to make it in between these bramble bushes and uh, meander. Uh, not switchbacks. This isn't a mountain, but they mm -hmm. just have to make this kind of winding path up this hill to crest it to again maintain vision of the party and. Uh, you guys get a round of surprise before we roll initiative, so do y'all thang. So we would come from opposite directions, and um, what I'll do during the surprise is I'm going to go at one of the horses, and I'm just going to hack. I'm going to try to cut off both of his legs in the back, just like okay. full swing with the with the with the great sword. Mm -hmm. Do as much damage, hack the legs off at the rear, because mm -hmm. um, then. You know, it'll fall, whatever. Yeah. Um, we'll see. All right. Uh, do that. Okay. You want me to go ahead and roll to yes. hit? Yes, please. At advantage, right? Yes. And uh, is this round like a normal round? Will we get our extra attack, all that yeah. jazz? Okay. Cool. Yep. It's just a surprise round because then we'll do initiative after this and all then right. go in turn order. I rolled a 20. Woo! So I got a crit okay, on that first one. This horse is super going to die. Uh, roll damage. Uh, so let's see here. Um, just trying to make sure I remember all my stuff. Okay. Um, so for that crit, am I rolling double damage then? Mm -hmm. for, mm -hmm. Okay. It's 22 total. Okay, it dies. Oh, so I... Okay. Well, it's crippled and dead. <laughs> so that was one attack, and then... I guess I should preface and say you can make... Uh, uh, you can make attacks that are 
not lethal and just bringing them to like zero so that they collapse but not kill them or well, you can just let's kill just it. pretend that or not we are pretending let's just say that i notice that there's a perfect opportunity and i literally just like run i find a spot and i just i soared right into the heart of the horse oh shit like you yeah. know like pull it out and all the all the guts and the, the blood sprays out on the road and as the guy and the horse is starting to kind of collapse and as it's falling i still have one attack left mm-hmm. i i'm gonna take it at the rider oh, then sweet. instead all right do it uh, advantage on him too uh, or how do you want to do that no because uh he's still technically mounted so um, okay he would technically get advantage so it just sort of a, is a wash all right so that's uh, 21 to hit. Oh, that's a hit for sure. Okay. And just regular damage then on that guy? Yep. Uh, that's going to be 16, I think. Is I Yes, the attack. Uh, or sorry, I don't get my proficiency... Do I get my proficiency on the damage, or do mm-hmm. I just get on the attack roll? You get it uh, not on damage, just on the attack roll. Okay. All the right. the attack roll is just your modifier. Right. Okay. So all right. Instead of that, it's gonna be it's gonna be thirteen. Okay. And so thirteen damage. So what's that look like? Yeah. Describe this for me. He's um, not dead. He and he's not bloodied yet. But you did. He's close to bloodied. So. You'll have to kind of figure out the fallout of this because the horse has been gutted, basically. Mm-hmm. It's starting to fall over, and I pull the thing out, and as I do it, I kind of whip. <laughs> so this is honestly the image that came to my mind as I was doing it. Like when you have a, the window washer at the, at, the, at the convenience store, you flick it in the blood. So when I pull the sword out, I kind of snap my wrist, and this blood just kind of goes out as a trail. And then I kind of bring it over my head and swing it right to square into his chest. So it's just this... Going for center of mass to make sure I make hit and do something vital. He's wearing splint mail, so he's he's heavily armored, but you're still able to crack through the splint mail, and you can see his chest caves in a little bit where you've probably broken a few ribs, and he uh, knocked the wind out of him. He can't even scream, and he goes to grab at his sword, and you, you do some damage. Ornella? So you also get a round of surprise attacking, mm-hmm. so go get your horse. Yep, I'm just going for back of the legs again. Back of the legs. Back Is that an advantage leg. situation for her? On yeah, this it's one? advantage for for her on the horse. Okay. Of course. First of course. roll was a 14. It's a hit. We're really just looking if you crit at this point. Nope, it's a seven. Okay, so, so. you you hit. So roll damage on the horse. Okay. Nine plus three. Nice, <laughs> you kill it. Sweet. Oh, that's sad, but yeah, you kill it. Um, what, what does this look? What does that look like, Ornella? Definitely not as uh, like gruesome, <laughs> but graceful um, as Orzok. Uh-huh. Um, I, I think maybe I, you know, I, I, I set myself up and I line myself up right, but then I maybe close my eyes as I swing because I don't like killing these horses, mm-hmm. but I know what has to be done. So it's just a like impact. Yep. And do you do you get to make an extra attack I on do. your turn? Okay, so do you want to attack the dude? Yeah. Attack that dude. Attack the dude. Attack the dude. You know, uh, I think later on in the fighter class, you'll actually be able to crit on 19s too at some point. What? Cool. Uh, 19. It, yep. 
So now damage. 10 plus nice. 3. Oh, that's a big hit. Well done. Well done. Cool. And yeah, same thing. So your great axe comes around and crushes part, part of his splint mail and he falls to the ground. Um, both men are prone. The horses die, throwing them from their uh, saddle. And they're now prone, so everyone roll initiative for me. All right. Um, Ornella, what'd you get? 15. And Orzak, what'd you get? 14. Nice. Harbeck, what'd you get? Nine. Nice. Not that he's here, but... Don't forget Yeah, your cut promises. over to Harbeck. What are you doing? <laughs> Just walking? Yeah. There's four of us here. Don't worry. There's four of yeah. us. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Just <laughs> me and my friends. <laughs> do, do, do. Do, da, do, da. <laughs> and I, uh, as soon as I start to hear the action, I whip around and mount a horse and start charging toward it. Should I come with you? Yes, Avery. Okay, but, but I got this fucking demigriff. <laughs> right. Oh, yeah. I'm coming. So he's, like, bounding off he's after in. you, but he has to, like, turn the horse a little bit because the demigriff, and it's just taking him a little bit. That's okay. Uh, so the uh, the rider on Orzok's horse gets to go first, but he's going to use his whole movement uh, to stand up, and then he is going to attack you, Orzok. Uh, 21. Oh, yeah. Oh, fuck. Yeah, that hits. <laughs> and you take mm, yes. six damage. Okay. And I'll just tell you the amount and you reduce it as you need to. Sounds good. And then Ornella, your turn. Okay, I'm going to attack the same guy. Okay, you have advantage on him because he's prone. Yep. Six, uh, 15. Well, make sure you add in your stuff. Yeah, I didn't your stuff. I don't have anything to what, add. You have a strength bonus yeah, and yeah, your proficiency. You With your axe. Next to your weapon, the attack oh, bonus. Oh, duh. Plus three. No. Plus five. Plus yeah. five. Nice. Oh, fuck. Yeah, so yeah. 20. Perfect. Yeah, so, yeah make you sure hit. you add oh, that Oh, fuck. Stuff. I always forget about that. That's okay. Yeah. So there now you do your damage on do him. Do my damage on him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 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 11 plus three. Nice. Oh, fuck. Christ. Yeah, those are very good rolls. I think it's these dice, man. These dice that I bought at GaryCon, I'm fucking obsessed. Yeah, you kind of crushing I, with them. They are yeah, murder brand I have murder the, dice. The uh, Gary Con business card dice. of where I bought them, and I want to give them a shout out at the end of the episode. Oh, do it. Yeah, that would be sweet. Yeah. Cool. Uh, next is Orzok. Your turn. Okay. Um, <clears throat> What's the status of my guy? He's fucked. He is bloodied. Cool. Um, you had me at fucked. Status fucked. <laughs> You have another attack. Sorry. Oh yeah. Hell yeah, I do. Oh yeah, Dad. you're a leveled Thanks, up fighter. Thanks, Dad. <laughs> as long as I'm cool, Dad. <laughs> you're the coolest. You're cooler than Rad most dads. Rad Dad. Rad Dad. Okay, that'll be my title. Fifteen plus five is a twenty. Nice, another hit. Do damage. Uh, these are Gary Con uh, brand murder dice. <laughs> murder dice. Murder dice. Twelve plus three. Jesus fucking Christ. <laughs> Holy, holy pace. <laughs> you literally, somehow when you attack him with an axe, he turns into pudding. He is on death's door, so what are these two... I mean, these are just brutal attacks. Like, you've almost killed him in before he's made a chance to attack. 
What do they look like? Okay, this is super dweeby. But in the Twilight series. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <sighs> Here we specifically go. the first one. Um, the vampires play baseball and the vampires are like insanely strong. Yeah, and so they and have to muse plays. Yeah, and then that uh, that actually Jesus. that song that fucking slaps plays over. But they have to uh, they can only play baseball when it's raining because the the when when they hit the baseball it sounds like thunder because they're so strong. Um but they're they like if you've ever seen this scene in the movie, they just are like super elegant with it, but it's like crazy strong and like there's like rain and it's like whatever. Mm-hmm. Fuck Twilight, whatever, but <laughs> it's okay. You don't have to defend it. It's fucking no. knocking it down, setting it up. It's not, it's, it's not, whatever. I was really into it when I was little, but I'm over it. I promise. No one here is judging you. I promise. You. <laughs> uh, but it's like, like really elegant baseball style. That's okay. kind of been my theme through it. It's, it's almost like, yeah, like a, mm-hmm. like a, like you're chopping down a tree, but it's a person. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And he's uh, screaming, writhing in pain as these axe blows, like, you're basically just, the splint mail isn't breaking, but you're the impacts are so strong that you're just breaking his bones mm-hmm. inside his chest and he's like he's it. trying to deflect with his shield again he's prone so he's got his shield up in his sword but it's just too much i like swing once and then bring it back out and like flip my great axe around in my hand <laughs> and then on the other side go the other way <laughs> sweet uh it is his turn so he's gonna try he's gonna stand up he's uses his movement phase stand up and then attack phase uh. yeah uh, <laughs> sure. You were giving me the turn after her, and then I said, "You have an extra attack." Oh, I'm sorry. Thank you for. Ooh. Yep. Yeah, Orzok, your turn. Ooh, that was close. <laughs> um, what a um, goob. Sorry, fucking Jason. I didn't want to. Red I was worried. Just trying to keep everybody in. Fucking attack already. Let's go. Well, I'm trying to well, I'm gonna do something cool. Yeah, do a cool thing. So. <clears throat> Brad died. My fish is so into this. Yeah, this, your fish really Yeah, I'm just going to attack this first time. I'll see how good he is. Um, that's going to hit for yep. sure. That's 20-something. Yeah, 20-something hits. Okay. Shit. Uh, n- eleven damage. No, sorry, nine damage. And then I'll roll another attack. Okay. Uh, yeah, that's definitely twenty-three okay. hits. There we go. Um, that's twelve. So the attacks are a lot faster. Um. Because it's like I have a great sword, but I'm larger, so it's more like wielding like a hand and a half. So I'm able to like kind of just get stuff going a little yeah, bit quicker. Yeah, swing it around on right. the haft a little. Yeah, right, right. So it's like you know, just kind of the stuff, and it's like almost like there. The first one is kind of I, I swing down, and he's got his shield. It misses his shield, but it kind of obscures it. So the next that I kind of like knock it away a little bit, that kind of come over the top of my head, and then come down straight on the other side of his shoulder. So he is on death's door. <laughs> <laughs> knock knock. Are they both on Death Store? Yes. Okay, cool. Uh, next is the guy that Ornella is attacking. He's going to stand up and try to attack her. He's like, fuck. Uh, he rolls a 18. Okay. And he does um, four damage. Okay. 
the guy that your is attacking you, Orzok, is going to attack you again. And this whole time, they're they're not like not engaging in battle cry. They're now just in a desperate fight for survival. Yeah. Um, and he rolls a. That's where we like him. fifteen. Uh, miss. Okay. Kind of parried off the side of the sword, mm-hmm. the great sword. Uh, he's going to attack again. God damn it. He rolls the same thing. So, uh, Ornella, your turn. Yep. Going for one last lop. One last hoobastank. <laughs> hoobastank. 16 plus five. Five. It's a hit. Nailed it. Nailed it. Four plus three. Still enough to kill him. What does nice. this look like? Just like like swiftly and qu- quietly, ju- yeah. Like like it doesn't. My blade doesn't get like stuck on anything. No like arteries or anything. Just like in half. <laughs> so yeah, we see this cool X-ray of the blade coming through and bisecting him in the middle, and the two halves just like f- fall side by side, and he dies. Uh, the other guy sees this. It's your turn, Orzok. His eyes are his eyes go wide. Oh, uh, probably miss a fourteen. Yep, that is a miss. Okay, uh, that's a seventeen. Uh, meets it beats. Sweet. Um, the guy's kind of like <laughs> he's just like throwing up every defense he can do. Yep, and seven plus oh, yeah, yeah so super dead. Uh, you can kill him or you can commit a non-lethal blow to spare him. Oh, um. Boy. So here's what we do. Here's what happens. He's trying to defend. And it's like uh, some kind of thought comes over me. Like maybe there's a chance to get some information from this person. Um, but I, it's in mid swing. So I take off his shield arm. So he doesn't have long to live. Right. But he's not dead. Right. How come I didn't get that option? It's just the way the cookie crumbles. <laughs> Ornborn. Whatever. <laughs> And because I'm sexist. Uh, oh, right, right, right. And you was a lady. Ding. Sexist. <laughs> I'm, I'm he a prefers sa- saxophones. I'm a, I played the sax. Exactly. Me too. Alto. Nothing big. Tenor and soprano. Self-taught. Oh, damn. So he, he screams as his arm is removed from his body. Uh, we cut over to Harbeck. You're, you crest over this hill now, and you see below this scene of carnage, these two dead horses. There's Aww. blood all over the prairie grass. There's one guy lying dead at Ornella's feet, and there's another guy who's in the dirt, like trying to scramble with his feet to stand up, but he can't get a grip. And he's missing an arm, and his other arm is covering this stump that is just spurting blood. I, uh, I dismount the horse and I say, that wasn't part of the plan. And I get really mad about the horses being dead. And I, I um, jaunt over to the guy trying to worm away. And I, I, I pick him up by the scruff with one hand. And with the other hand, I put a hand over his, I, like knock his hand away and put it over his arm. So I just cast sacred flame, carterize part of it, try and make him last a little longer. Okay. Yeah. So he <laughs> screams even more. He's like, fuck. <laughs> Just the sound of crisping skin and smell of burnt hair fills your nostrils. And I drop him. And he's just breathing heavily, and you you can see he's starting to go into shock. So I start searching the horses and things, looking for any kind of 
anything that would be useful either for the journey or for like whatever just Mm -hmm. good stuff and i would you know whatever you find a map of the immediate area like the the local region and uh you find uh, a purse of 25 silver pieces you find some rations and uh that's that's what you find okay i searched the other guy or i searched his two halves (laughs) <laughs> my two halves it's like a spinoff of my two dads from a... <laughs> but it's a it's a torso yeah. a sentient torso the torso is just always sitting on the couch he's like why can't you get a job and lower the other... half dad lets me go out <laughs> lower half dad I lower imagine half dad. lower half dad's always sitting on the Got couch the yep. with his legs, legs top. Top. <laughs> yeah. yeah, super with, cash with like a newspaper uh, near him but he can't of course read it or use it <laughs> Yep. Played by Charlie Sheen. Yeah. <laughs> Lower half dad. Uh, Coming this fall. <laughs> oh my god. Um, I lost my train of thought. I'm sorry. Uh, I, I'm searching my halves. Oh, you're searching your halves. Okay. You find halves a. Uh, you find rations. Uh, you have. You find a purse of 34 silver pieces. Um, you find a like a little uh, folded up piece of parchment that has uh, like a list of things to do. Um, it's like... Uh, Buy groceries. Yeah. <laughs> Hug the wife. <laughs> Go uh, to bank. Yeah. Drop off library <laughs> Remember to love your children. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it, it's a list of orders for various people. Hmm. Any, ra- any names that I recognize? Uh, roll. Uh, it's going to be a knowledge roll. History. Mm, let me see your sheet, Tim. I'm sorry. Okay. Investigation. Hmm. Yeah, I guess the closest would be history. Okay. Well, history. Four. Uh, no, none of the names you recognize. Cool. <laughs> You're like, is this English? <laughs> <laughs> Common? What is this? <laughs> Garbage. <Gross>. No thanks. <laughs> Uh, so I, I backhand the guy on the ground. I say, who is your master? He just starts crying. Who is your master? I backhand him again. <laughs> I go over to him. I read free action now. Yeah, yeah. Cool. I go over to him, and I, I like, stand over him, like, on my feet on, like, each side of his, like, torso. <laughs> and I uh, just slap him across the face. And I'm like, um, Hello? Your buddy over there is literally in two pieces. If you don't want that to happen to you, you better speak up. <laughs> what? Who is my master? Um, first Sergeant Abernathy, uh, I think. Huh? Um, yeah, First Sergeant Abernathy. <laughs> does Does their armor have the painted over symbol? No. He his sigils are of the Mosh Free Citizen Army. Okay. Trying not to meta game right now because mm-hmm. there are certain things I don't know. Right, yep. um, right. that's okay. Oh shit! I think that um, it might be a similar situation to uh, what we faced in Alal. He doesn't really know what's going on. It's what's okay. happening? Why did you attack us? Why were you following us? Because I was told to. By whom? Third Sergeant Abernathy. <laughs> what's your rank, boy? I'm just a. Uh, private, sir. 
He just starts crying. The man is useless. Hey! I, 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 I look kick at him you. in the side. I, Orzok literally kind of turns hard back, and I, I kind of put my hand on my shoulder. I'm sorry about the horses. Fuck the horses, my and then, arm! And I go, and I'm sorry about him, and I kind of pull a bone knife out, and I kind of lean over, and I... I just kind of put it down, like in a, I, in a, how you kill an animal to make it not suffer. Oh, and I just, oh, I gotta pee. Oh. He does pee and probably defecate. Yep. Well, at least that was clean. Don't. While I respect your beliefs and what you hold true, don't question my tactics. They could not get away. Well, that was the safest way to ensure it. Were the horses going to tell on us? <laughs> They're not talking now. Ah, too right. Where is Davery? He, like, crests over the hill in the He's demigriff. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like, feathers coming off the side. I don't know. I just imagine this. Yeah, well, he does, like, shit. sort of stumble over the hill. Like, the demigriff is, like, pulling against the, yeah. the, the reins tied to it. Yep. And he's got his sword out, and he's, like, holding onto the reins. Oh. I go to the, the demigriff. There, there, boy. The demigriff looks at you and then looks at uh, Davery. I know, I know. And it shakes its head. I agree. All right. Well, they know we're here. How? As I said, I, my my gut says it came from the outpost. They they def if we saw them, they saw us. Right. They were clearly not ordered to come question us. Right. So they were watching us, they which means we've got at least two days still advanced notice, maybe even three at this point. If we hide the bodies, we just continue south. But now at least we've got more time to safely get to the into the midst of what is called the Queen's Garden, and we can lose our trail, our, obscure our trail there. All right. So you guys gather your things and and do just that. Uh, you move forward, and it it like I said, it was late in the day. Uh, as it gets closer to nightfall, you can see in the east a dark uh, the sky is turning dark you see lightning coming from below the uh, the clouds that are rolling in it looks like a, a storm is approaching so if I may I'll try to use survival to look for some site of uh, maybe like find a edge of a cliff if there's any kind of a hill with a cliff or a fate you know some sort of overhang mm -hmm. someplace that's got us protected on at least a couple of sides if preferably from the east so I will do that if you'll let me yes please try anyway yeah shade um, 12. Yeah, there's just not really any good cover out here. Rural Iowa, there's not many. There's not a ton of tree cover. It's just rolling plains and tall grasses and okay. some bush. Well, some bush. We'll just some find bush. some bush to sleep in. Bush light. <laughs> bush light. Come on in. <laughs> Got bush light on tap. The uh, as as it gets close to time for like, bed roll time, sleepy time. The storm finally does roll in, and the booming sound of thunder could be heard as it gets closer, and you hear the 
uh, sound of rain coming in the slope as as uh, the storm system moves across the grasslands and uh, gets close. You all get ready to turn in for the evening as just a, a full-on downpour. <laughs> Makes you all very sad. Hmm. Uh, your bedrolls have like small, like, I mean, you can, you're not sleeping literally in the rain. You have like some tent tenting material and stuff that you can create a shelter but it it is pretty miserable i would like to read the last page of my mother's journal all right perfect time to take us to the break uh so as everyone's turning in for the evening and you've got this journal out in this rainstorm what like before i read it what is paint this picture for what we see as the audience sure um like we had talked about, just like these big rolling open open fields and and this huge rainstorm, it's like it's I mean it's it's rain and it's and it's almost frightening, but it's beautiful in the in the colors of like the blue and like the steel gray mm-hmm. sky and and all around and you know I think that tensions are maybe a little high right now um, between everyone and and. And we really just want to like fucking get where we're going, mm-hmm. uh, and like this is not ideal sleeping here, and and you know we know the people are, you know they they know about us kind of and and whatever, and maybe our our sleeping spots are like a little bit more spread out than usual. You know when, when you're like on a road trip with your family and and it's like encroaching on encroaching is that a word? Mm-hmm. Yeah, on like hour fourteen in the car and you're like, I need some space. <clears throat> yeah, you're like, I fuck, I love you, but mom, quit f- breathing in this direction, you know. And she's just Ornella is just looking for a uh something. So you open the last page of the book. Uh, or of the journal and the it is like it's not the last last page but mm-hmm. it's the last written page and on the left side of the page is a looks like a, a sketch of a humanoid with a almond shaped head his black eye it has black eyes um no iris or uh whites or anything it's just the black uh, pits in its head um, at the center of its head is an inverted eye and it's got these uh, and it's not very detailed this isn't like a masterwork of art this mm-hmm. looks like just a quick sketch of uh, of this creature and then on the left side of the page uh, written in uh, so the earlier pages you read your mother would write very eloquently with long uh, that of a what a noble how a nobles write right. like half of the reason they write is to show how smart they are or right. their skill in uh, writing, and this looks to be quickly scrawled on this last page. I can't stop seeing him. He is in the corner of my eye every moment of every day. He sits hiding in the shadows behind market stalls next to the curtain on top of the uh, on top of the ceiling. When I close my eyes, I see him there too. This is my last entry. Tonight we make our escape. And then it fades to black on a sound of thunder and a flash of lightning from the outside of Ornella's tent. Ladies and gentlemen, don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. This really 
confused look that Charity is giving me. Don't go anywhere.